Hello, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and also to explain why you might hear ads like this before, during, or even after an episode. We're a small but mighty team here at Realm and to help fund our shows, we promote products or services that we think you'd enjoy from a variety of sponsors. If any of our ads interest you, one of the best ways to support us is by visiting the link or using the promo code in the ad. It's pretty much a win-win since you can get some great deals and we can keep making awesome shows like this one. You can also visit realm.fm partners for more information about our sponsors and how to access the different promotions. Thanks again for joining us in our corner of the universe. Listen away. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Geek Buddies! Hey! I hope everybody appreciates how John, when he says buddies, goes into what he thinks of as his Shannon voice. Yeah, yeah. He goes, he goes, he's like, he's like, hey everybody, welcome to The, and then I'm like, geek, and he's like, buddies! <laughs> like, he's a Keebler elf. I also threw a little gravelly voice in because that's usually at this time what Shannon's buddies would sound like uh, this early in the mornings. We're recording oh, yeah. this episode of uh, of uh, uh, the Geek Buddies here. We're doing the spoiler review for episode five of season two of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, also known as Charades. And I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with you, Michael, because I enjoyed the episode. I, I, From what I understand in our text messages, you enjoyed the episode. But we've seen I've seen some criticism online and on social media about this episode. And I'm just so fascinated by it because I have to say, really enjoyed this one. And this is a spoiler review. If you guys haven't watched the episode, go and watch it. Come back and hang out with us. And while you're hanging out with us right now, make sure you subscribe to the channel down below and hit that like button as we're talking about this. Uh, what were you going to say, Michael? You're going to jump in with something? Yeah, well, this this episode reminds me of in season one, when they had the episode where all of them were acting like fantasy characters, the whole episode where Mavenda oh, yes. lost his daughter yes. at the end. And I think that as I, I, I think this is a really fun episode, but yeah. as I was watching it, I was sitting there going, this is, this is the make or break for sci-fi <laughs> fans on whether they like strange new worlds or not. That's a good like point. this is what this, yeah. so like we all like, if you're listening to this, I assume hmm. you love star Trek in some form. Yes. Maybe you're an original series person. Maybe you're a next generation person like me. Maybe you're movies and not TV. Maybe yeah. you're into all the new stuff and not the old stuff. But on right. some level, you like Star Trek. Now, when we have all built up in our minds over however many years, however many decades since Gene Roddenberry first premiered Star Trek, what we think Star Trek is. Yeah. And we love the ethical and moral dilemmas and we love our captains yeah. and we love the mythology and we love the Klingons and you know, we love, we love all these big things, but a big part of that original series was some really weird, cheesy episodes too. Yes. And I think strange new world has made a very conscious decision to lean into that. Yeah. There's like, they're like, look, this is classic star Trek vibes on all levels. So you get some episodes like La'an going back in time to an alternate reality and dealing yeah. with the con stuff and it's cool, epic, multi-dimensional time travel sci-fi. And then you get an episode like this, which is like the Vulcan birdcage in space. <laughs> and I love, I, I thought it was a delight. Like sometimes yeah. it's fun to see these characters. It's the elasticity of Star Trek at its best. And it's the right. elasticity of Strange New Worlds in that you can have a world defying uh, Pike and Spock and the team have to like save the galaxy. The Klingons are about to go to war and all this shit's going to happen. And then you have the, uh-oh, Spock's human episode. Right. And it's just delightful and it's silly. But I do understand how if you're a 
more serious-minded sci-fi person, this episode might not be your cup of tea. But as John already said, it is definitely our cup of tea. And listen, no one's going to fight me on my fandom of the original series, okay? So anybody who's watching this must know, I am an avid, avid fan of the original series, okay? And this series, Strange New Worlds, is so evocative of the best of the original series and some of the cheesy, cornier aspects of the original series. And this episode 100% checked all those boxes. I, I think that's the irony of people who are complaining about this series. Sci-fi, regular, I mean, like serious sci-fi nerds. Okay, I get it. But like old school Star Trek fans, I don't understand what you're complaining about. Because if those episodes came out now, you'd probably be skewering those episodes as hard as you're skewing Strange New Worlds. But you're loving those old episodes and skewering the Strange New Worlds episodes. When in fact, they're so similar that it's insane to me that you think that anybody could have issues with it. Not that I don't uh, you know, think anybody should. I'm just saying it's hard for me to grasp that. Because I love the vibe. Because the, the number one thing about the original series is the interpersonal relationships. Not the aliens, not the species, not the adventures. It's the interpersonal relationships that fe- that are the foundation for all the adventures and the things that they go on. And that's what you love about them. When we got them back in the movies, it was getting to have Kirk with Spock again because of their relationship. McCoy with Kirk because of their relationship. McCoy and Spock, Uhura, Sulu, Chekhov, all of them. It's about the relationships. And I think Strange New Worlds this season has really dialed into the strength of the show again, which is the interpersonal relationships. And this episode absolutely conveyed that with Spock and what he's going through. And look, we've had, in the original series, again, we've had multiple versions of Spock, dark timeline Spock, Spock with emotions and feelings. So again, it's not something out of the realm of possibility in, in, in the Star Trek mythology. And the Nurse Chapel situation, I think, was great as well. And then the ritual stuff here, some real human emotions coming out. Sorry, emotions coming out, regardless of species, because to bring well, head as well. So yes, but yes, also right? definitely big on human emotions in this episode. Absolutely. Lots, lots to say about human emotions specifically. Yes, but we did see Vulcan emotions, which are, Absolutely. In, you know, insult, disgust, uh, anger, frustration. Those are all emotions. So, well, I mean, and we hurt. saw that from Vulcan. And hurt at the end from yes, Turn to Pring. Yes, absolutely. So, there was all of that coursing through here. So just real quick synopsis, just for the people who may who need this. A shuttle accident here with uh, Spock and Chapel after they we've seen in the initial scenes of the show that they have a uh, they're dealing with the fact that Chapel has feelings for Spock. Spock also has feelings, but Spock's trying to suppress them, ironically, because Dr. Mabenga, um, Nurse Chapel's boss, in essence, told Spock to focus on other things and suppress his emotion. So we see that come to the bear, come to bear. But they end up on a shuttle here, going to the Corcovians, and um, they have an accident because there's a time space uh, rip there, and they get dra- they get dragged into it. Spock leans into the skid, uh, and uh, they have this accident. They wake back up on the Enterprise. Spock's, Spock's Vulcan DNA has been removed by the Corcovians, uh, making him fully human, and he is supposed to meet. With Tapring's family, his fiance, there's Vulcan fiance, during an important ceremonial dinner, and Nurse Chapel is working round the clock to try to uh, uh, put Spock back together again, and also apply for a fellowship at the Vulcan Science Academy so that she can move on from the situation on the Enterprise, probably mostly because of her feelings for Spock. So, and also her desire to become a bigger deal in the world of science and what have you. So. Michael, I think we've gotten to our overall thoughts for the most part, uh, initial thoughts at least about the episode. What were your thoughts about the Spock and Nurse Chapel relationship here as it went along in this episode and then ending with them kissing and making out and essentially consummating their relationship so soon after the end of the T'Pring Spock relationship? Well, kind of to your point about the characters and the interpersonal relationships being a big part of Star Trek, I think... This season has really gone out of its way to make sure everybody has a featured moment. Yes. Um, yes. You know, like from episode episode two is number one's episode. Episode yes. three is La'an's episode. Episode four uh, is uh, it's a little bit Pike, but then it's also uh, a good bit Ortega's episode. Yes. And then this episode is very much a Spock and Chapel episode. So right. you're really seeing them sort of give every character on the Enterprise their time to shine, which I think yeah. is really nice. And I think this is great. Look, if you are aware of the old school original series Star Trek stuff, particularly those early episodes, like the original pilot stuff, you know, we know that 
Chapel and Spock had a thing. We know it's not yeah. going to work out. We know yeah. that Spock and Chapel don't end up happily ever after. We've seen Spock as an old man. We know what yeah. happens. Um, but knowing that they're kind of picking up these threads and showing us these relationships and these things and kind of seeing it all happen and contextualizing it and doing a really good job of working within the lines of what we know yeah. from the original series, I think it's really lovely. And more than that, I just think that, look, Spock and his half-human, half-Vulcan nature is one of the things that I think made Star Trek the um, the giant, iconic series that it is. Oh, Every character is great. We all love Uhura. We love yeah. Kirk. We love all these people. But Spock and his struggles and Spock and his this is all logical, but he's still kind of emotional and like bouncing off of Kirk. I think that was the thing that made the show magic. So anytime they kind of go back to that well, it works. And I think that particularly uh, watching Ethan Peck play a mm. Spock who is – basically a horny teenage boy was hilarious. <laughs> like, so they, they just had a lot of fun with it, but also at the same time, and again, I keep coming back to this, it's doing what a good sci-fi show does. Like, yeah. yes, it's Vulcans and a Vulcan got turned into a human and there's a Vulcan ceremony and there's all this stuff going on. But at the end, this is about the strength of human emotion yeah. and the power of, um, and what it really means to love someone, I guess. Mm. Like, I think what was really yeah. lovely about this episode, and this is just a cool structural thing, is that the beginning of the episode is Chapel very frustrated that Spock is clearly avoiding her because he doesn't yes. he doesn't have access to his emotions. Right. Then this whole crazy space thing happens, and Spock is super emotional, and he's hugging Chapel, and he's super there for her. And it's like, right. in a way, she should be like, this is great. I don't yeah. want to turn him back. This is everything I, I always wanted. I yeah, now yeah. have this guy who's super yeah. available to me. Right. But because it's not really who he is she makes a sacrifice and kind of puts him back to where he needs to be, which is the guy that's going to be a little distant to her. Yeah. But then because she made that sacrifice, she ends up getting what she wanted in the end anyway. And she gets right. all of Spock. She doesn't get a half of Spock that works for her. Right. She gets the full Spock. So that's why to me, in, aside from all the fun comedy and the silliness, it actually really works as an episode because it's about somebody who wants something sort of gets it, but knows it's wrong, does the right thing to put it back how it was and still wins in the end. And I think that's yeah. a really satisfying story. I think that's a great point, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's great, as you said, great to see Ethan Peck get some opportunity to have a little humor. By the way, Leonard Nimoy, also in those in those um, yeah. Spock episodes, getting to play a little more humorous stuff, getting to play a little bit more of the darker sides of himself when he was playing the uh, dark timeline Spock. All of that works so well. So Ethan Peck coming in, there's some really great subtle facial acting that Ethan Peck is doing that I think should be lauded by so many people who are actors because you're watching a guy really do the small things that let you know that this is a different Spock. This is the human Spock. We're seeing, yes, he's emotional, comes on to La'an without knowing he's coming on to La'an, oh uh, which is a hilarious scene. The humor, all of that, uh, and and then seeing him dealing with Pike and, you know, lashing out at his mom. You know, these are the things that you see uh, from him. And he's doing them believably and realistically in the situations as they command, uh, as they demand, rather. And then when he becomes the fake Spock with the fake ears and trying to fit into the council, we see him really in the face again, navigating these moments, navigating the negativity being given to him by T'Pring's mom, going out into the bathroom and screaming into the pillow. Who hasn't had those moments? It's it's so good. And then later getting to turn the tables on to Pring's mom and say, like, you know, a human went through this thing. We don't have to see her react to the fact that a human went through this Vulcan ritual. We don't need to see that. What we do see is the betrayal that to Pring feels, which I think is a really strong decision there yeah. and makes sense in the construct of their relationship. And then you look at Nurse Chapel, by the way, uh, Jess Bush just doing a, a wonderful job with her. And I'm so glad we get a, a highlight of Jess because I really enjoyed her from the first season to this season. By the way, she's a guest of Will Wheaton's on that show that they have. So you can listen to her talk about this episode and more. It's about a 22 minute episode with her. That's really great that uh, you can uh, watch that as well. But yeah, seeing her navigate this as well and realize like i i want to put him and i've also got to do this academy thing and i've got to put all these things together and then realize by the end that she is going on the right path she is where yeah. she needs to be and it's a great message with the spock situation how she works to make sure and goes and pleads to the kirkovians to turn him back to who he was from blue to yellow you know talking to those two different beings there 
that yes, I would have I would have gotten what I wanted, but it's not who he is. So it's about accepting people for who they are, accepting both sides of a person to feel, fully show that you love that person. That's that's really the essence of love. The foundation of love is accepting someone for who they instinctively and um, foundationally are. And I think that's a really great message. And one last thing, the great humor in that moment when she has Uhura and and uh, Ortega's turn around so that she can tell her real feelings to that entity was well, genius, man. I think props to everybody. I mean, like we're talking about Ethan, yeah. you're right. Like Chapel and Spock doing a great job and it's their episode to be featured. And so they both do great. But I think yeah. props to the entire cast. Yes. Because 100%. the comic oh, no. reactions throughout from Ortega's Uhura, number one, La'an, and Pike. Yeah. I mean, Pike's expression when T'Pring's mom is shitting all over his Vulcan cooking. Oh, my God. And all of their, you know, like, <laughs> so like uh, number one in Ortegas and Uhura, when they're all around the table joking, or La'an, yeah. when they're all sitting around the table joking, and Spock is, like, laughing, like, at an insane level, <laughs> and they're all like, ugh. Or even them all, like, trying to train him on how to talk like a Vulcan, and he's like, yes. do, I, do I talk yes. like that? And they're like, yes, you, you really talk like Like, just throughout, <laughs> this was a really great episode to see all of these people just kind of, like, relax and let loose and be silly with each other. Yeah. Um, and it was really just cute. Like, I mean, like, and I, and I, and again, I understand that if you're sitting here and you're like, I can't believe these two dudes liked it. Cute Star Trek might not be your Star Trek. Like, and yeah. that's super fine. Like Star Trek, yeah. it has both sides of it. I love, as John and I both spoke about, Picard season three isn't cute. Picard no. season three is fucking balls out, epic, yeah. super amazing Star Trek Borg sci-fi. And I loved it. But what I really love is that we're living in this era where you have a Picard season three, and yeah. then you have an episode like this on Strange New Worlds, and they're both coexisting at the same time. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree with that, uh, for sure. Um, what do you think about how this, how the, um, a lot of people have been making connections, and I want to ask you, Michael, you're a Jewish man. Some people have been criticizing the episode because they're likening the rituals that the Vulcan, the tea ritual, all of that, to what um, Jewish people might go through uh, in rituals with marriage or rituals with, that they have, you know, the high holy days, Yom Kippur, all these things. Did you feel that connection at all? And I ask you again, as I reiterate, th this is a Jewish man. Did you feel a connection to that? Leonard Nimoy being Jewish and kind of laying the groundwork for that Spock situation and there were conversations about the fact that he brought elements of that to his performance. Do you think that this is something that... Um, did you feel a little bit of this uh, or understand a little bit of this criticism that they were essentially making fun of the ritual by doing the charades uh, afterwards uh, with the human thing and kind of undercutting the importance of a ritual like this? Well, I do see how, I mean, I, I think, I don't think it's Jewish. I know that, you know, Leonard Nimoy did say that he brought a lot of that to his role as Spock, but yeah. I think that, yeah, as a Jewish guy, I definitely can see like, you know, growing up there were, you know, when all of my friends are sitting around the Christmas tree and my friends and I'm lighting the menorah. I mean, to be fair, we also had a Christmas tree, but I mean, we were lighting the menorah, um, you know, so like yeah. definitely growing up Jewish in a culture where you're doing you have certain traditions that are different. But I think that applies equally to, uh, you know. Muslims, other denominations, yes, uh, even other ethnicities, like a Latin family sure. has traditions that my we family do. didn't have. So I think that it's sort of a universal thing. I also don't think the charades moment undercuts. I mean, this is where <laughs> this is where I think we get into this era of like it's it's super important to have these conversations and yeah. it's super important to bring up the questions. But you ultimately have to say like at a certain point, like there's there's a level of like humor and lightness to this episode overall. Yeah, and. As Pike, Pike isn't – there's no – at no point do I feel like they're making fun of Vulcan traditions. Yeah, neither do I. I think the Vulcan yeah. traditions are being taken seriously, and these are what the Vulcans do. What Pike does is not, oh, and by the way, our tradition is charades just like you guys. He's literally stalling for time, yeah. and he's yeah. pulling something out of his ass. And I thought it was a really fun comic moment where he's like, yes, <laughs> we play the sacred charades is what yeah. we – he's like – he's like – the fuck I gotta do, man. We gotta get Spock back to a Vulcan. Like, uh, it's it's charades. And yeah. it was just one of those funny, like, hey, aliens don't know charades, they'll go for this. Like, it was a good <laughs> moment. I don't I didn't feel like it was disrespectful. Like you sort of you have to make so many jumps because you first have to say the Vulcan traditions are specifically Jewish, which I don't think right. they are. They no, just they represent a different specific. cultural thing. Right. And then you have to say that Pike is somehow 
dismissing those in mm -hmm. what he's doing and neither of those things is actually 100% true. Therefore, it's like I don't feel like that criticism has as much weight. But that's me. Like yeah. if, if anyone feels differently, right. absolutely let us know in the comments. I would be really yeah. curious to have that discussion. Well, let's let's talk about the uh, Krakowians and what they do to Spock here. They're an outside entity. And in their analysis, they saw a being of two people. They saw another being in there who was singularly human. And they chose to remove the Vulcan nature from one to assimilate him and make him similar or remediation, what they called it, to make him similar to the human. So removing this element of him. It's interesting, right, Mike? I mean, this idea of, of how can I say this, acclimating to your world or changing aspects of your nature to fit in or people from the outside saying, why don't you just do this? Even though, you know, if you just do this, you'll be denying basic elements of who you are as a person so did you find that to be interesting as a decision by these aliens to remove this thing that they felt wasn't similar to the other thing so that he could in essence be um why well, i just changed into being the same as everybody else and remove his individuality in a way to make him uh, similar to everybody else what do you think about that i felt i saw it a little bit in a different way uh okay. like these beings are clearly you know higher level beings mm -hmm uh living in their weird dimension and they're all floating and named after colors so like they're all floating up here what i looked at it as is kind of like as much as and to me it's a commentary on even like us as human beings like mm. as much as we all on earth love to get way deep into all of the differences between us yeah 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 uh to an alien race like we're all humans and as much as in Star Trek, they do the same thing, like, well, Vulcans and humans and Klingons and Romulans are all so very different. Right. But to a higher level being, they're like, yeah, you guys were close. It would be like <laughs> us being like, it's like me going to the zoo and being like seeing like five different monkeys and being like, these are all close to the same. Yeah, like, uh, put them all in the same cage. And someone's like, no, no, no. They're totally different species. I'm like, ah, I was close. <laughs> That's close. My favorite thing about the uh, the aliens, though, in this one, what were they called again? The Krakovians. Yeah. Krakovians. Yeah. Is that if anyone has ever been on the phone with any kind of service, like you call oh, yeah. bank, you call your bank, you call your oh, credit card sorry. company. Krakovians. 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 You call your bank. You call yeah. your credit card company. Whatever, and they are just extremely <laughs> unhelpful. <laughs> Like, hi, how can I help you? Well, you turned my friend into a human. I'm sorry. We're past the state. We did it. We're, we're good. There's no, 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 no. But I, would you like to, would you like to talk to a service representative? Say service representative, service representative. I'm sorry. I can't help you. Like that was the vibe yeah. that I was getting. And I, again, just thought it was hilarious. No, thanks needed. <laughs> no, I love no, that. No, no, thanks, no thanks needed. needed. Thanks so much. Okay, great. No more communication is necessary. It's so, so funny the way this went down. Let's talk about the ancillary characters here or the ensemble characters because I think this is some great work. Great to see me and Kirshner back as Amanda Grayson. She, of course, she's she did that role in Star Trek Discovery as well and has done it on this series. Michael Benyar played Savet, who was um, to Pring's dad. And of course, uh, Alora Patnik, I hope I'm saying Patnik, I hope I'm saying that right, as to Pring's mom to Prill who was just great. You immediately got the relationship, right? I mean, it has been built up. You heard um, you heard uh, Spock's mom come on to the deck and say, okay, there's uh, issues here. She's been waiting around for this. She's upset. Spock and T'Pring spoke about, or we know that uh, T'Pring's mom has an issue with Spock, his human nature, all of that. And th so there's all this buildup to, until T'Pring shows up. And then when she does, opening the door, walking into the, um, uh, the captain's uh, quarters there, and and so that's cool with it. He's like, oh, this is going to do great. And she's like, uh, it's adequate. He's like, oh, yes, I can see the issues. He wants to eat the food that uh, uh, Pike has prepared, but then she turns that uh, dial down and he immediately acquiesces. So we can tell she wears the pants in the family. Everyone falls in line to what she's doing. And and the way she navigated this, you we've met mothers like this. You know mothers like this. And yet at the end, T'Pring does find a moment to finally push back on her. And I don't know. I've spoken with many uh, women who have talked about how hard it is sometimes with a mother that's judgy about them and is always bringing up their faults and how that can really mess with them, especially in relationships or in life. And you saw that coming through with T'Pring, who we have normally seen in other shows, Mike. She is a strong woman, knows exactly what she wants. 
She puts Spock through the ringer because she's, you know, she doesn't like that there's all this space between them and time and stuff like that. But she's very clear about her emotions. But seeing her navigating the stuff with T'Pril is so interesting. And I think it echoes into relationships that a lot of uh, women have with their mothers uh, as well, which is such a fascinating thing to explore in this episode as well. Up until the tradition and the ritual where they convey the issues that they have with each other. And hearing her talk about, well, yes, we've already mentioned how, you know, you, you could use more self-confidence that you're a bit of a disappointment. It's It was a rough situation. So what did you think about all the performances here from Mia Kirsten as, Ama- as Amanda Grayson all the way to Savette and to Pril? Uh, Amanda Grayson's delightful. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think, you know, like, like Winona Ryder played Spock's mom in the in the yeah jj uh, abrams. abrams movies yeah. and she was fine she had some nice moments yes but i think but i think in this in the series kind of sense like i think they're using spock's mom a lot better here like mm. i think that we're really getting into this dynamic and i think spock and his mom had this really great journey in this episode that really allowed her to do more than just be supportive human mom yeah i think spock's mom even in like the old original series movies uh, Spock's mom was just kind of like, hi, I'm your human mom. And I <laughs> yeah. think that this might be, and I could be wrong about this. I'm not this, this, particularly when it comes to the original series, I'm not the expert that John is, but I think it's the first time anybody actually brought up like, yeah, a human living among Vulcans. Like that's fucking hard. Well, there have been conversations with Spock's mom about that kind of stuff, but in the most recent editions of it, no. And I like that you're highlighting that because that was a great back and forth with yeah. them. And then the way they put a button on it at the end with their scene together, that got me emotional. I cried a little bit in that back and forth at the end between Amanda and Spock. Yeah, I thought he, it was he really realized lovely. her sacrifices. Yeah. Now, as far as the parents go, I think, I, and we said this before when we were talking about Pasak, uh in the oh, earlier yeah. in the earlier seasons, like I, there are a lot of Vulcans you can love. To yeah, Pring's yeah. dad seems like a delight. I would love to have a logical conversation with him about things mm-hmm. over food that he was clearly enjoying. He seems like but, a great guy. But He's there is awesome dude. There and, and they did it twice in this episode. They did it with Basak. Yeah. Vulcans are some shady bitchy bitches sometimes, <laughs> and they use logic just to let themselves be shady bitchy. Like the like the uh the guy from the science academy. Yeah, Durek. Yeah. Same to Pring's thing. mom. Yeah. And Pasak this season, you have got some Vulcans that are like, I am holier than thou because I am all logical. And I'm not being mean because that would be emotion. And Vulcans don't show emotion. So I am just being very logical and very clear. And I'm like, no, you're being a dick. <laughs> and it's and it and, and it's great because it is comedy gold. Yeah. Like it works really, really well. To Pring's mom coming in and just like just ruling over her husband. Yeah. Shutting down Pike's food. Like doing all the things that she does, uh, it 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 creates it's it's a really fun everything you said about the dynamic between Tapring yeah. and her mom and women and their relationships with their mothers and Tapring's sort of inherent racism against humanity yeah. and the way that yeah. she looks at Spock's humanity as a defect in him, like it's all really good rich stuff. But it's like that whole spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Like there's some really rich ideas here. But it's all like dressed up in a very, very comedic performance that uh, drives the comedy of Spock as a human trying to navigate this whole ceremony. Yeah, yeah. I mean, picking up the teapot and it burning. I mean, the close ups on his face were hilarious. Him like really s- eating all the criticism she's uh, to Prail is having of him when they're doing that part of the ritual, I thought was really great. But Michael, you bring up an excellent point. Mia Kirshner is an actress we've had in our lives since the 90s. She's been doing so many things for so long. Uh, and just one of those actresses just constantly working, you know. And so getting her cast as a, as Spock's mom, I think, was a really great decision by the casting directors there in, in the Star Trek side of things. And then having this um, storyline here in this episode, I thought was really great because she is navigating her teenage son. And she says in the episode even, I'm going to do something with you that I should have done um, way back when, which is to help you come to terms with your human side. I've tr- I tried to hide that so that you could fit in with the other kids so that people in front of you, know, as a son, again, a son of immigrants, my parents sat me, I've said this before, sat in front of television so I could watch TV in English and learn how to speak English without an accent. They essentially were trying to remove uh, me possibly speaking in a Hispanic or a Spanish accent, English and Spanish accent, 
because they didn't want any kind of issues to happen or any racism stuff for me to confront. So those are those things that you do when you're coming from a place of love for your child because you want what's best for your child. And so her getting the chance to kind of um, atone for that mistake in her mind, which I don't think was a mistake, but in her mind it was, to atone for it in these funny sequences and these montages, I thought was great. And it led us to that moment where Spock stands up for her mom, to, to for his mom, to T'Pril, and then later, which is what happens with a lot of people in life, they move out or they get married or they have kids, they go back and see their parents and they say, you were right about so many things. I didn't understand. I couldn't see it. You were right. So him saying to her how much he appreciated her sacrifice and what she had to go through, he now understands. I think it was such a great element and layer to throw in uh, to this show and into the layer of Spock that Ethan Peck is, is creating here on the show as well. Well, and I think there was a really nice sort of um, parallel between what Spock goes through in this episode and what Chapel goes through in this episode. Mm. So like I was saying earlier, Chapel, her issue yeah, yeah, yeah. is that she likes a guy who is emotionally distant and closed off. Right. And then right. she gets what she thinks she wants right. and goes, oh, nope. I'm going to put Spock back to who he is because that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and then gets ultimately what she wants, which is to make out with Spock. Right. Now, Spock, his issue in this episode is I have to hide the fact that I'm human. Yeah. Holy shit. I hope I can make it through this ceremony without anybody knowing that I'm human. I have to hide my human part. My right. human part is the bad part here. And he does it. He holds yeah. the, he holds the thing. He does it all. And then he, and he makes it, he gets his Vulcan part back. He does the mind meld. It's clear. We're good. He's in the clear. Yeah. And as soon as he's in the clear, if he just shut up, everything will be fine. But then he goes, you know what? This is wrong. Just right. the same way that Chapel goes, I kind of got what I want, but this is wrong. Yeah. Spock goes, this is wrong. And after he gets it, he, he got away with the whole thing. He goes, you know what? I was human this whole time. Yeah. So there. And my mom is awesome. And she is not a defect. She is amazing. She's probably more amazing than you. Because you're a shitty Vulcan lady, and I don't like it. Um, and he kind of and, and like he goes off. And so again, it's that yeah. thing of getting the thing you think you want, getting away with the thing you succeeded, but yeah. still then coming clean. Um, and through that, it's a little like Chapel ends up getting what she wants. Spock kind of gets what he wants too. I mean, mm -hmm. it sucks. He hurts to Pring. He sort of yeah. takes his space from to Pring, but clearly, he's not too broken up about it. Yeah, I mean, because we find out from um, Yellow there of the Kirkovians that he put all the shields on Nurse Chapel and and steered into the um, time-space continuum rip uh, so that he would bear the brunt <coughs> of the uh, accident, not her. And so in that moment, you know, he showed how much he loved Chapel instinctively and cared for her. And I, look, well, he, he would do that for Pike or anybody, probably... But this has an extra element here of wanting of, of a care there between them that needed to be exposed, you know, and it's well, ironic that it was the Kirkovian, something outside that made both Nurse Chapel and Spock directly and indirectly expose their feelings for each other. Well, and I think it, it meant a little bit more because, look, we all know that Spock likes Chapel and Chapel yes. likes Spock because yeah. we are watching the show and we see it. And the whole and, ship knows too, Mike. <laughs> and the whole ship clearly knows. But in real life, this is what happens. So like yeah, you yeah, meet somebody right. and you're kind of flirty with them and they're kind of flirty with you and you don't really know what's happening. And all your friends are like, dude, you two clearly like each other. And you're like, yeah. I, I don't know. He's, I texted him. He didn't text me back right away. I right, don't, like right. I, he, he, I said, do you want to go out Friday? He said he was busy. So I think he's trying to avoid, like you right. just, you get very nervous and you second guess everything. So chapel is really in that space of like, I, I can't read Spock. I don't know. Like who knows? And then, yeah, he hugged me, but like, he's probably hugging everybody right now. He's like a yeah. crazy emotional 10 year old. And so hearing that he did what he did with those shields, that even though he wasn't speaking to her, he made this moment where he put her life above his yeah. is sort of like incontrovertible proof that even though you're not sure and it's all very confusing and you're having a lot of feelings about it. Yeah. Oh, he clearly does care. So now I right. can admit that I care too. Um, but Uhura and Ortega's being like, girl, just fucking, like, we all know. Everybody, tell Yellow 
what literally uh, everybody on the Enterprise knows was great. So great. It's, I mean, and again, having them turn around, which is ridiculous because they're totally going to hear her, but she wanted to so she can really tell Yellow how she feels about Spock. And by the way, great acting moment again by Jess Bush because she didn't 100% go, yes, I love him. She navigated through what are still complicated feelings that she has for him while yeah. also reaffirming the friendship, which is really the foundation of their yeah. relationship, is that she actually likes him as a human being and then also has feelings for him too. You know? well, and I think that's where they're going to kind of go with this because yeah. I don't think that we're going to get like the epic Spock Chapel uh, yeah, romance. love affair yeah, that yeah. then ends in them hating each other. Like they're going to pull a Joey and Rachel. They're going to be together for a while. It's going to be kind of hot. And then they're uh -huh. going to be like, what are we doing? Uh -huh. What are we doing? This isn't really us. We're friends. But, like, we're amazing friends. And I think right. that's where they'll sort of end it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's take a quick break. And then we'll uh, wrap up our review here by talking a little bit of the Easter eggs uh, right after this. Hello, Geek Buddies fans. Before we jump into today's episode, let's give a warm thank you to our sponsor, Marquee TV. Their support is why we're able to bring this podcast to you. Marquee TV isn't just any streaming service. They're your gateway to an incredible world of arts and culture. That's right, Johnny. I've explored Marquee TV, and I've been amazed by their vast library of performances, exclusive interviews, and behind-the-scenes content. It is a treasure trove for any arts and culture lover. Right now, I'm in the middle of watching the Royal Shakespeare Company's production of The Tempest, and I've also got my eye on that Shakespeare masterclass taught by Dame Judi Dench. Yeah, Shannon, and speaking of the RSC, I watched Christopher Eccleston's performance of Macbeth last night, and I'm going to jump into Kit Harington's performance of Henry V from the Donmar Warehouse. Imagine having the world's most breathtaking ballets, dramatic theater productions, and magical operas at your fingertip. That's the experience Marquee TV offers, making the arts accessible wherever you are. And we've got a special treat for our listeners. Marquee TV offers three months of access for just 99 cents that's right three months for only 99 cents with the code buddies b-u-d-d-i-e-s simply visit marquee.tv and use the promo code buddies to dive into the world of arts like never before bring the arts home with marquee tv get three months for just 99 cents visit marquee.tv to start your journey into the world of arts now use code buddies explore the extensive library of performances on marquee tv today and keep up with the latest in art streaming by following at marquee tv on social media um, <laughs> we don't have to do it every time. <laughs> wait, wait, I know. I just wanted to do something that wasn't next generation. <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's hit hit some uh, streamlabs or hit some. Sorry, hit some Easter let's, eggs. Oh, so, streamlabs! I didn't I even know anybody was in the room. I'm so used to this. Um. So the the episode obviously is leading to a mock time, which many of you know from the original series. This is laying the groundwork for what happens there. Um. The fact that uh, Spock hasn't spoken to his dad and since mm -hmm. he made this decision, that's all connecting to Journey to Babel, which is there, and that's what they talk about in the original series. Uh, we do hear the mock time music. Uh, right when uh, uh, Spock says, what the F? And so very funny to see him kind of using that. Spock hiding his ears, that is connected to with the beanie. He did that, if you guys remember from that great episode with Joan Collins, City on the Edge of Forever, when he hid his ears with the beanie as well. This is something else, Mike, a lot of people had issues with the fact that Spock was eating bacon. Vulcans don't eat meat. So people are kind of on online have been criticizing why Pike would let him eat meat if they know Vulcans don't eat meat, but he's human at the time. So to me, that seems odd that they would be upset about this because clearly his body physiology has changed to become human, not Vulcan. So therefore him eating meat is not necessarily a bad thing. What did you think about that? Here's what I think. I have friends who are Jewish. <laughs> and I, if you want to get mad at Pike, you could get mad at me because yeah. I have been at Burning Man where I have had Jewish friends right. who given what they might have taken at Burning Man, were not fully there yeah. mentally. Yeah. And I let them eat bacon. And you know why I let them eat bacon? Because bacon is delicious. <laughs> there we go. And then afterwards, where they're like, you let me eat bacon? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> what did you think? And they'd be like, 
I'm probably not going to eat it again, but it was delicious. And I'm like, exactly. So <laughs> I think that Pike was well within his rights. He didn't give him like roasted chicken. He yeah. didn't give him like a pork chop. Steak. He gave him bacon, which is the best of all the meats. <laughs> Everybody should try bacon at least once. And I'm glad Spock did it. Let them eat bacon. Let go. them eat bacon. <laughs> um, when Spock, uh, when T'Pring shows up on the, uh, in, in the, um, on the Enterprise, uh, it's Spock starts with parted for me, but, not, but never parted. And she cuts him off. T'Pring cuts him off. That is from Amok Time as well. So nice references here Amok, that they're making uh, as, as well, which I really appreciate as we go through this. Uh, T'Pril says to Spock when she's ta- ta- tearing him apart in that ritual, like, there are many men who would be, who would kill to stand by uh, to bring side and eventually a Vulcan will stand by to bring side when we get to a muck time. Remember, these things are connected to the original series, so it is important to go back and watch these episodes. Even if you hadn't, it's fun to go watch, take an hour and watch these and see how this thing kind of fits and the inventiveness of the writers to make things fit uh, in this episode for sure. And I should give a shout out to the writers on this one, Catherine, Catherine Lynn and co-creator Henry Alonzo Myers on the writer of uh, writers of this one as well. Um, yeah, they take a break here. And that is also what happens that leads to things that happen in a muck time as well. So just wanted to throw in some of the Easter eggs for people to consider and think about And like you said, Michael, the, you don't think it's going to be the big love affair. Oh, well, two things. You don't think it's going to be the big love affair. What do you think is going to happen? And are any of these Easter eggs, anything stand out from you from the Easter eggs? I just laid out that you'd want to say something about. I, Sorry. um, Go ahead. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure where it's going to go. I mean, again, strange new worlds. We've picked up a lot of pieces along the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, number one, uh, number one's genetic past. Yes. On yes. losing Kirk in a different timeline. Now we got the Chapel Spock stuff. So we have these sort of emotional things. But again, we're very clearly not in some epic serialized season where everything is carrying through. So right. I, I don't know if we're going to all of a sudden deal in super depth uh with this relationship i think yeah. it's just gonna be something that's kind of going on and then it'll get resolved in however many episodes it get resolved i don't think that we're in for like some epic serialized you know uh deep dive into their relationship i think it'll stay pretty light do you think nurse chapel gets hurt later on in the series f- emotionally from fo- from spock and gets a little drunk and lashes out and hooks up with sam kirk do you think that's a possibility? I'm just throwing sure, it Sure, man. I mean, hey. Because Spock has an issue with Sam's Sam's cleanliness throughout this. Episode. I will say, I mean, I here's my question. What was Ethan Peck's funniest moment in this episode? Now, him getting mad about Sam Kirk not putting that dish away is up there. There's there's that. There's him screaming into that pillow. Oh my god, it was so great. The, the, um the, punching <laughs> like there was just some really good like he was he was he was going for it uh i think the it, mind melt sequence is my favorite him like yelling and everybody criticizing and he's like i'm trying yeah. to, i'm seeing the thoughts but i can't see them you know all of that was fun oh my god it was good it was good stuff yeah it was uh, i don't know i don't know where it's gonna go but i do think it's really interesting and kind of to your point about the easter eggs again mm-hmm. we've talked about this we talked about this with last week's episode as right. well yes as opposed to other episodes where you're like you know oh this painting on the wall was this and in the background you could see you know like and again i love that like in andor you'll be like oh in his shop there was a calicory and there was the helmet of a of a jedi guard from the jedi temple and there was this these easter eggs are a little bit more um they're just fitting these character moments in and Mm -hmm. if you know it great right it kind of adds to you see where things are going. You're like, oh, yeah, Spock isn't talking to his dad because in the original series, he hadn't talked to his dad for a long time. Right. But if you don't know it, it's com- completely an enjoyable episode. And that's really what an Easter egg should be. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And a little part of this, uh, for remember Spock left the Vulcan Science Academy in the, you know, um, uh, canon of this particular timeline before he joined the Enterprise. So it, that may be something that influenced Nurse Chapel not getting in e- either is because she's applying from the Enterprise serving Maybe. with Spock. So yeah, Spock that could be in, something. Yeah, that Spock could be in the original series left the Science Academy. Spock yeah. in the J.J. Abrams movies, we see him yes. walk out and leave the Science Academy. Right, right. Michael Burnham uh, in right. Star Trek Discovery is a human who did attend the yeah. Vulcan Science Academy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's some good little 
connections to who who's in and who's out at the Vulcan Science Academy. That's right. It's going to be in that picture at the end. I um, would be out. Class of, oh, well, he dropped out. Um, all right. Any final words about this episode, Mike? I mean, I think we've covered the messages, the meanings, the themes, and also the performances and the writing and the direction, which I thought was really well done as well the, um, uh, throughout this uh, episode as well. Any final thoughts that you want to say and giving shout out to the director, Jordan Canning, for I think doing a wonderful job here as well. Yeah. I mean, look, this was sort of uh, rom-com on the Enterprise vibes. <laughs> And I, I'm here for that. Like, I think it's good. I think it's interesting. I mean, like this, this is where I think that strange new world sits in this really weird space where some things are probably going to be a little inaccessible to hardcore Trek fans who like the harder edged stuff. Right, right, right. But I also think this is what makes strange new worlds more accessible to a more general audience who might not be, they don't want to watch seven seasons of deep space nine to get into like how epic it is, but they can watch this one episode and kind of be like, that was really fun. So I think this is kind of what makes strange new worlds. This really great addition to the Trek universe is that it's accessible sci-fi for everyone, but to your point has all these deep Easter eggs that they're, they're doing their homework. Yeah. Like they are very, they know very clearly where they fit in the star Trek timeline and they're not fucking with that timeline. Mm -hmm. They are, they are having a lot of fun in that era. Yeah. Uh, but so if you are a hardcore fan, there's stuff there for you. But if you've never been a big Star Trek, I know a lot of friends who are not really Star Trek people. And the two things that they're going to watch is they I've, I've sent a lot of texts giving people a rundown of season one and two of Picard so that they can just watch season three. And then people are going and watching Strange New Worlds season one and two and really enjoying it. So I think both Picard season three and Strange New Worlds represent uh, the most accessible that Star Trek television has been in a while. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Uh, 100%. And, and I think the series very smartly and the creators very smartly understand that the strength of their series is the incredible cast they've put together for this series. Having, like we saw with um, the Picard season three, bringing back those fantastic actors to take central roles in the overall story of what was, of what's going on and bringing in new actors obviously as well, but bringing in those old actors to, to come back and reprise their roles and do wonderful, emotionally um, um, moving work was the smart move here and telling a great story. Same thing's happening in Star Trek Strange New Worlds. This is a wonderful cast full of incredibly talented actors, and they're all getting a chance to show what they can do episode to episode and really endear you to them if what they're doing is working for you. For me, I love this cast top to bottom and these characters top to bottom. So I love getting an hour with them every week. And I'm almost sad that it's only 10 episodes that we get with them. Yeah, I would love the old school next generation, 22, 24 episodes with Star Trek Strange New Worlds. But so, so yeah, and I love this episode for the lightness, the seriousness, and the overall universal, as you said, access to these situations that we sometimes see in our worlds being put in something like Star Trek, just like it was in the original series. There's a lot of smirks and comments and funny moments and cheesy moments and um, uh, a fish out of water moments yeah. in the original series. Cool. And this episode highlighted that. So, well. And kind of to your point, I mean, I do think last, last point is I think yes. there's something kind of relaxing, mm. I think about um, 100%. usually, well, yeah. like, and look, whether it's like uh, a secret invasion that's six episodes or a Mandalorian mm. that's eight episodes or even Star Trek Picard season three, which yeah, yeah. was awesome, yeah. which was 10 episodes. You get to the fifth episode and you're like, okay, guys, we're at the halfway. We ju- we literally just did it with Secret Invasion the other week. We're like, all right, guys, we're at the halfway point. I feels like there's still a lot you got to do. Where are we? We, we yeah. still don't know this. When are we going to see this? I feel like that you're dropping the ball here. I wish we had more time with these characters here. And you kind of get wrapped up in the bigger, like, what's the big story? Right. And so there's something kind of fun about, I'm coming to Strange New Worlds each week. And I'm just like, hey, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's my good friends on the Enterprise. What are they going to get up to this week? Oh, yeah. got a Vulcan ceremony. We got Spock eating bacon. Cool. I'm in. Cool. <laughs> nurse, and there's something show. just really, there's just really just enjoy. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not um, watching it worried about the connective tissue and how it matches up to this. And where are we in the timeline? Like I'm just having fun with these characters and it's really nice. Yeah. And you trust that they're already doing that. So you can, yeah. you can let that go and enjoy what you're getting in these episodes. And I love that ending of them kissing and Spock going what that means. And he's like, 
She's like, shut up. I don't know. Boom. And, and that's the end. I love that it ended like that in this kind of hopefulness, because obviously, like Michael said, they don't work out. So we're going to it's going to be a bit of a tragedy that they don't work out. But at least they've got that uh, friendship. And I think that's an important message as well, that friendship yep. is a good foundation for any relationship, romantic or otherwise. Um, all right. Well, there you go. That's our spoiler review for episode five of season two of Star Trek Strange New World. Charades, thanks so much for joining us or listening to us. Michael, what do we have to tell them? Uh, yeah, look, if you would like to follow us, you can do so on Twitter at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. You can follow Mr. Roca at the Roca says you can follow me at MK tune. And additionally, you can also <laughs> smash that like button below. Ew. Subscribe to Johnny's outlaw nation page. Leave your comments below. What do you think of strange new world season two so far? What do you think of episode five? Where do you think things are going? Are you enjoying these standalone episodes? What do you want to see more of? What do you want to see less of? Let us know down below if you're listening to us on a podcast leave us some stars and some comments so we go up in the rankings and as always the best thing that you can all do is retweet this video post it on your socials send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies there you go thank you all so much you're the best we appreciate it madly have a great rest of your weekend and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new spoiler review episode of strange new worlds here on the geek buddies Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.